0: Welcome to Macro Hack Radio. Here we have one mission set people up for success no matter what their fitness goals are. We believe in tracking macros and how it can positively influence training, nutrition, and food awareness for individuals who want to live a fitness minded lifestyle.
1: Hey guys, we are back again for another episode of Macro Hack Radio, and today we're going to talk about the scale. This is one topic that a lot of people have. Bad thoughts about and good thoughts, um, but the misconception that is very common in this fitness world or anyone that just diets is that the scale is a bad thing, and that it can be the enemy of of everything. <laughs> and so we want to kind of go over the pros and cons of the scale, how it can be beneficial, how it can be bad. Um, and kind of dive into that. And Leanne, what is your thoughts on the scale just in general?
2: Well, actually, though, I think you should start by saying, like, what we expect people to see, like, when they first start tracking, like, what happens with this okay. scale. Okay. All think right. That would be amazing.
1: That would be amazing. Okay. What typically happens when you start tracking?
2: <laughs> you can make me describe it. So <clears throat> I think initially, into any diet, people kind of get a weird, uh, I don't know what the correct we get in this kind of feedback loop where we need to see these huge drops. And inevitably, when you start any diet, regardless of whether it's tracking macros or a more specific meal plan or, you know, things like that, you're paying more attention to what you're eating. You're probably eating less than you were before. You're also eating maybe more consistent foods and just being more diligent in general. So the scale initially is going to likely show some significant drops. But what you cannot confuse that with is idea that you're losing all this body fat like in the first week so people what would you say like the average people see
1: so it depends on how heavy you are Um, but the average person typically sees anywhere from three to five pound drop on the scale the first initial week when they're in a deficit and that's usually just more glycogen stores water weight truly and that's really um, the initial part of dropping weight and what happens
2: i don't think people know that though they don't they think they're thinking wow i'm
1: really on course or i'm doing really good i dropped a lot of weight but then the next week they don't lose as much weight so then they think they're not doing as good
2: yes and then they get aggressive
1: yes (laughs) or they get discouraged that oh I, i dropped five pounds the first week but i only dropped two the next week yeah and they get upset because the consistent rate is never the same and that's one thing you have to really remember and take to heart that The rate of loss with the scale itself, just if you're talking just scale by itself, is never going to be consistent the same every week.
2: And it's also the idea to put in your head that fat loss, which is what everybody should be. I don't mean to dictate what people should want, but when people are thinking of the look they want, they're really thinking of losing body fat, not just a bunch of weight. You can lose a bunch of weight by dieting very poorly and lose muscle
1: Have lose a ton
2: of water, be really flat, skinny, and just not look the way you want. But the idea is to know that the scale weight loss on a scale and fat loss are not the same thing at all, and should not be confused. No,
1: and they look way different. So different too. So generally, people try and use a scale as a way of just a pure tool of success but you want to look at other factors too that make a huge difference so that the scale doesn't mess with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you want to look at pictures that can take, um, that can really help a lot. Um, also body composition. We'll talk about that here in a, in a minute, but, um, you don't want to just rely on just the scale itself because it'll really, really mess with you mentally.
2: Quite a bit. Cause there's a lot of times where visually or like Via measurements or body fat somebody's changing a ton but the scale has been really stagnant for like a long time i know yes. i'm not somebody that even in a contest prep like i don't lose a ton of weight on the scale but i can look like extremely different so
1: yeah and so um what are some common things that you see uh that play a role with messing people with messing people with people's heads yes. when it comes to the scale
2: so Well, what the scale does show is, it sounds silly, but it's literally gravity, is what the scale (laughs) does show. So it it has, um, you know, so many different factors play into it daily. And again, if you really stop to look at what it is showing, it can help you adjust and align your expectations so that you keep it in the right place. So what the scale can show is gravity, (laughs) literally your relationship with the Earth, which can mean... So many things on a given day. It can mean how is your digestion, you know, working? Are you like kind of backed up or are you regular? Are you hydrated or are you not hydrated? Did you eat really fibrous foods or have a lot of like food mass, you know, the day before or did you have a ton of salt? Are you, are your hormones fluctuate, fluctuating? Are you sore? Are you, it can show many, many things, but on the cheesiest level, what it should not show, <laughs> what it should not dictate. Is how successful you feel, uh, how beautiful you feel, how you know, how how what progress you're making, things like that. I don't know if you had others that you were thinking. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much the
1: gist of that. Um, but don't let it dictate how you how you are as a person or the success of what you're doing either. Um, a lot of people will avoid the scale, and you see like jokes and memes out there that really talk in make comments about the scale and how unhappy and happy it'll make you feel if you step on it and so you can't like use that as and i see this so many times with clients where if they step on the scale and it's not what they think it should be it messes with their entire day it really, can. it really sets the tone for their day and that you can't let that do that because i know it's easier said than done and we've all done it in some way if you've dieted before where it can be frustrating where it's like Liam and I were just talking about this before, how if you're working really hard and it's the expectations of you will consistently lose weight and you're not losing that weight, it can really mess with your head to dictate the rest of your day and make you feel down.
2: It really can. Our expectation is really, in general in life, the only thing that hurts us or lets us down. The scale means nothing if you don't let it mean something. It's our expectation that means something to us. So if you don't prepare yourself correctly for what you're going to see or not see, then inevitably it can like skew your reality kind
1: of. It can. So there there, now, I I think I'm a big believer of having a good relationship with the scale. I think it's definitely possible for people to do that. Um, It depends on what your perception and reality of it is or the benefit of the tool can bring to the table. Um, people think that, like, if you have a bad day of eating or a bad night, or if you let's say you go out drinking, 99% of the time people are scared to jump on the scale the next day because they don't want to face the reality of what they're actually seeing or face the reality of what they did. They don't want to accept that they didn't do very good the day before, which it can suck if you gain, you know, a few pounds. It can hurt to look at, but at the same time, it can be very educational at the same time because you start learning about yourself more about how you fluctuate in situations and instances like that Mm -hmm. and so you learn a lot lot more about yourself and it but it can create a a better uh, mindset knowing that okay what i did was you know what i did was destructive let's just say you um overate or binged. yes it was destructive in a way but okay what can i do next time to alleviate that or understanding if hey i did i drank this much last night or i ate this much and i gained five pounds okay that might not have been bad as bad as i thought or holy crap that was insane amount of weight i gained maybe i need to taper back a little bit yeah, so you, you understand
2: your like how your behavior yeah. next time
1: and they say there has been some studies have done i don't have the studies in front of me but um they've shown that if you use a scale while losing weight that even when you're not trying to lose weight if you still maintain weighing yourself and create and maintain that habit that uh, the chances of you keeping the weight off for good are much higher Makes sense. especially if you have a good relationship with the scale
2: so i've kind of come in working with clients and in thinking harder like about my own you know approach with things and just seeing others and how they do it um, i've come to realize that it's almost like there's a couple types of people not that we all aren't like a mix somewhere here there but i know that i come from more of like a disordered eating background where people of that type and i've helped and coached many of them tend to come from a more much more like i'm gonna use the word punishing um approach so like the scale can become in the situation tyler's talking about where somebody might be a little tend towards the more excessive to personality and that's not a bad thing it just is what it is the punishing personality isn't good either they're both rough but an excessive personality tends to give themselves more permission it's like the I earned this I did really good on my diet so I earned this so using the scale in those situations can help those people kind of come back to a middle ground of realizing wow I really did that you know when they're looking at the number and it can give them a better gauge where some of you tends to be more punishing and not give themselves many permissions. Um, it can, when you see that number, if you already know, wow, I've really punished myself, and now you're still not seeing that number, it can sometimes drive people further into more punishing behavior. So really the idea is to get this like middle ground of, you know, that's where the the magic is so to speak is like that middle way and not so far extreme that you're doing the, I earned this and not so far on the other side where you're doing like the crush yourself into the ground. Cause the scale is not like reflecting exactly what you think or whatever. So
1: how do you, have you been on both sides of the spectrum? A little bit. So I'm
2: far more of like the punishing side where, um, if, the the scale is not a particularly healthy thing for me long term and like there was i think we probably did it for like two years straight or something i probably weighed myself every day there just hit a point where i was like this is like this is not helpful this is just making it worse for me and then on the flip side i know a little bit of the flip side but not as much my brain is much more like the other way
1: okay Um, we'll talk about the we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth too about how taking breaks from it can be beneficial. Yeah. So how do you get, create that balance between the two?
2: Like how do you find the middle way? Yeah. The middle way. So I think the best way, number one, what I've learned is to have a person coach you that you trust. (laughs) The, The basically the way for people to find the middle ground is to do the thing opposite of what is their most natural tendency. So if you're that person, but you have to really, really do it. You have to really open your heart and your mind to listening and trusting and just being blind, like to everything that's going on surrounding your nutrition and your thought process with it and your exercise and stuff like that. You really just have to let go entirely. And that goes for those that are on the extreme side. As well, you really have to like let go of all those preconceived rules, notions, you know, everything you have and just let somebody else guide you because that's how humans, in my opinion, work amazingly together is we're able to balance each other out. And even something that you can't do particularly well that you know you do that makes you nuts that you do, you can help somebody else through it easily because you can pick out those things. And it's almost like as a coach, you're seeing it, you know it, you know how it looks. You know how it feels, um, so it's easy to guide somebody else through it, even if you're not perfect at it, like yourself.
1: Yeah, totally. Is there it's any that
2: self-reflection kind of?
1: Yeah, as some people point things out, even though the hard truth hurts, mm-hmm. sometimes it's good to get that pointed out to you. It
2: is sometimes, yeah. yeah, and even on the extreme side, like for me, that um, personality uh, and that way of doing things was harder to understand for me at first when I started like coaching. Like my brain, it was difficult for it to even go there. Um, but in listening to people and asking lots of questions and being around people of both types, like I start to understand that personality. And I think that's, you know, any good coach is kind of digging into like learn those behaviors and know how to coach people through them and identify them and things like that.
1: So is there anything else I can help with balancing that out? I know it's a tricky, I know coach? it's a tricky, I know it's a tricky thing it's um, really, you have you know some no i no I, I i
2: truly just think you have to be first of all you have to be self-aware and honest to realize what you're really doing
1: totally. to yourself
2: and that's not just like totally. a you have to be able to be honest even when it's like not easy you know and
1: letting it go let me go what you did that was destructive or punishing mm-hmm. and to know to to trust yourself Trust More.
2: yourself or be trusting if you're not there yet within in your self awareness yeah. to be able to trust the other person that they're gonna guide you and yeah. take care of you, not let anything like yeah. bad happen to you basically. So you
1: basically have to get back to the point of trusting yourself in some way. So I like so. that can go along the lines of taking a break from the scale sometimes mm-hmm. to learn to trust yourself, to um, not necessarily run away from The reality of what's happening Mm -hmm. but to maybe get on the scale every once in a while to trust yourself to know okay i'm not being destructive or maybe i'm not being punishing Mm -hmm. and And not
2: doing a pretty good
1: job yeah and not ways of triggering yourself to Mm -hmm. be one way or the other
2: yeah that's true yeah i think that's very true
1: yeah okay
2: for me i know it's rare that i'll like get on the scale but normally every single time when i do it is more reassuring than Not just because I'm like, okay, I'm doing a good job. I'm not continuing to like lose and lose or, you know, whatever. You see the number and
1: you're like, okay. Like for for myself, um, sometimes I go on my phases where I don't eat as much. Not intentionally. It's just I just get busy and I don't eat as much. And sometimes I end up eating the house because I feel skinny and I just am eating. And the differences I see in the scale, and I don't weigh myself all the time. Um, a lot of times I do weigh myself and I just forget what I weighed. I don't take it to heart as much because I'm not dieting for anything right now or anything yet. And I'm not uh, trying to folk or be huge for anything. But anyway, um, I use it as a way of, okay, I'm not eating very much. I need to really get my butt in gear. It is like a, a awareness tool for me where even though I'm not aware that I'm not eating very much, sometimes I just get in my own head in my own zone. Um, it's kind of a tool for me to realize, crap, I need to eat more Yeah. or I need to eat less. And so, then
2: as you – the good thing is how tracking and weighing yourself, like, in accordance with weighing yourself can help is that it can really help you be, reach true intuition or intuitive eating. Because if you see that number, if you don't weigh yourself for a long time, you start to be able to, like – Um, associate the feeling of how you're feeling with the way the scale is so then you're able to like have a self uh regulating system of knowing like okay i kind of feel like this you know so you're able to do all this like without external gauge and that's the goal of even tracking is like moving away from it eventually yeah
1: exactly that's we we talk about tracking everything and you know weighing yourself and seeing all this, this data sometimes it can be Bad at the same time, you do need a break from all of it Mm -hmm. every once in a while, Uh, and we'll talk about that in the next um, episode. Just talking about diet breaks and stuff like that, that kind of all intertwines with each other. But a lot of this can really help just mentally give you a break as well to to do it every once in a while, Um, and we do this with clients too. We just give scale breaks Mm -hmm. every once in a while, where it can just make make it a lot lot less or a lot stru- less stressful mm-hmm. a lot lot easier um, but then also still while tracking there's many different approaches and, and methods you can do um, but you definitely do want to try and do away with it eventually mm-hmm. to learn and um to d- be able to do this intuitively that's the whole goal of it is intuitive eating mm-hmm. with all of this so what are the different um ways and uh, that you can get fluctuations from the scale
2: uh like in terms of just behaviors and things or like what can cause swings. Yeah. What can cause swings?
1: swings. So there's so many things. So when you have major, major swings, what are the most common swings that you can see? Um, I
2: think, well, with women, that's the thing that comes to mind first and foremost is I think obviously the fitness industry and the diet industry, women spend the most money on these things. And there's, there's a reason why, first of all, women can be very obsessive about the number on the scale What women are also not realizing is that the hormonal fluctuations that they experience throughout the month are going to make the scale feel very unrewarding. So that's one that comes to mind first is hormonal fluctuations um, will occur, they will cause the scale to go up or down and basically the idea is that like your body's trying to find homeostasis so any change that's happening, including if hormones are going up, down, whatever, during the month, typically your body's using water, um, in essence, to sort out and find balance in homeostasis again. So it's gonna be all over the place, so, so hormones. In,
1: in a month's time, just, I'm not a, a female, so <laughs> no. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not a girl, so I don't experience this. I only, <laughs> only go based off what <laughs> I, only go off, I hear, hear. and experience <laughs> with other clients. Now, once a, once a week, you have that time of the month where it just sometimes...
0: Once a week. Once no. God no. I'm sorry. Once a month. Once a month. I apologize. Once a month
1: for a week, yeah, this but, happens. But
0: it's not just once a month, though.
1: That's what I was trying to get yeah, at. Yeah. So, I know. So you have two weeks out of the month where things are just crap. Haywire. Haywire. Yeah. The other two months, so you have a 50% chance of feeling good. Yeah, and fifty percent of the time of the month, yeah. you actually feel good, where you're like, "All right, this is." But it's every other week. It's it seems literally,
2: like literally, yeah, just like a mixed bag of everything. <laughs> the second you think you have it figured out, like you don't.
0: And that's <laughs> that's assuming that you're on birth non you're not, not on, on any birth any control. Form of hormonal sure. birth yes. control. Yes. That yes. Birth control. You, can you are really ovulating. ovulating. Yes. Yes. Regularly. Birth control yes.
2: can really wreak havoc on people as well.
1: Yeah. Sometimes. Around the ovulation time I've seen people not have as much problems, um, or feel at least they don't talk about it as much compared to like when it's that time of the month.
2: I think they just though might not be associating it. I personally with, not too with graphic, you, yeah. I feel way worse when I'm ovulating than when I'm on my period. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Aside from like a day of my period, which is really rough. Like ovulation is way worse. I think just women aren't trained to recognize the signs and or maybe if you've had a kid or been trying to get pregnant, you become more cognizant of what that feels like when you're ovulating. So I think it's just socially, like it's not as common for people to talk about that phase of like the cycle, but it can really create adverse, you know, reactions on the scale and in behavior and the way you feel. Usually
1: you just feel more swollen, right? And yeah. You, and you actually gain a little bit. Thing. I usually the... gain more. You yeah. do. But around that time of the month, you actually are less. I feel better and yeah. I
2: will usually lose weight. If yeah. I'm going to have like a big whoosh, it's like towards the end of yeah.
1: that week. So then, but, but more commonly too, uh, um, you get a lot of women that experience a gain uh, around that time of the month too. Yes, during their and it period. does
0: cause hunger to be yeah. wild. Yeah, so hunger like,
1: can be way wild and around that time. you're
0: usually not as strong in the gym that week either. Yes. So you feel like crap when you're training because you're just not... Because of the way that your body is you're shedding that you 're losing certain nutrients in your body at that time you 're not as strong you're more prone to injury you're hungry you're maybe not sleeping as good
1: there's a lot of things that go into awesome. I am so sorry that you guys <laughs> yeah, go through that. Really... i do not envy it one bit i apologize i try to understand and be empathetic with clients about that around that time (laughs) and i truly do but that makes a difference when if you're working with someone you want to tell them those things because it can make a difference um as to how you fluctuate and to understand your body even more like when we prep um for shows like i always take in consideration those times of how you respond i know your body well enough to where i know how you respond
2: yeah, and that can be even Elena. Yeah, it's a tough thing when you're dieting because it's like again you have this expectation um, of the scale what you're gonna see and I know like those weeks can really be frustrating like because even if somebody's spot on I'll always tell people like we may not see this drop this week just know that like you're you're doing a great job we may not see a drop on the scale like we're just gonna hold firm here because there's no reason to like be making excessive cuts and things when we already know the scale is not going to be a totally valid tool like right now. So just get your brain aligned with that.
1: So let's, let's go with, what we going to add?
0: Oh, I was going to say that sort of plays into maybe you were going here too. alternative ways of yes. keeping track of your progress yes. that yep. don't have nothing to do with what you weigh. Yep.
1: Yes. Exactly. And that's, we're going to dive in here in a second. Yeah. Um, so Going back to the beginning of when someone starts dieting, mm-hmm. okay? The first thing you usually see is bigger drops on the scale initially. It depends on how much weight you gotta lose, how heavy you are, how much body fat you have on you. Whereas Liam, if you start dieting, you're not gonna lose much weight at all, hardly, the entire time, compared to me, uh, where I'll lose a little bit more aggressive in the beginning, maybe, Maybe a little bit. where Elena is it's the easy. same, um, or someone that's 300 pounds and they're 50% body fat. Yeah. Like that's, they're gonna lose way more weight Consistently, all the time, every week. But eventually, your body's going to catch up to where your body becomes more efficient mm-hmm. and you're not going to lose as much weight each week. You might not lose any weight mm-hmm. for a while, but this is where the alternative uh, measure, or alternative ways to measure progress, it becomes very, very important yes. of getting body composition um, tests, maybe an in body, a DEXA scan, or I mean, every maybe months you can do it mm-hmm. maybe every four, every four to six weeks or every eight weeks or 12 weeks whatever you can afford or do um also photos can make a huge difference because how many times do we get clients where they feel like they're not when they're not losing weight mm-hmm. and they feel like they're not making progress because you see yourself every single day in the mirror Yeah, it's so hard. we always look in the mirror where we look at what's the one thing we look at the most in the mirror our flaws yeah we usually look at our flaws the most typically or we want to look at those things like, oh, I wish I had better abs. Or, oh, I wish I had better shoulders or arms. Or, oh, man, I wish my back was better. Oh, my hair is a nightmare, but I wish I was... <laughs> I wish I had better hair. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but there's a lot of flaws that we look at. We don't really look at the good things as much as we do the bad. So when we don't, when we don't see those things change like drastically or dramatically, um, it's hard for us to see it. But if we look at pictures side by side, those things that you see as flaws quote-unquote flaws might actually be improved quite a bit and people don't see it chances are they are better um how many times have you told clients that you show them the side by side and you're like see you're making progress and they're like holy crap this is unbelievable i didn't know i was doing that or they lose 10 pounds and they don't realize they're losing 10 pounds Mm -hmm. they've lost 10. like that's happened so many times where they're like, I'm not losing anyway, I'm so frustrated this whole time, I just haven't done anything. You're like, no, you've lost like 10 yeah, to 15 like pounds. <laughs> and here's the comparison side by side, and it's vastly different.
2: And I feel people within a week get so trapped in that feeling too. But when you're looking at the average, because you're outside the situation, and you're like, no, you
1: like you yes. lost a pound. That, you're trapped on yes. high and low, and that, you're like, yes. no. Yes, okay. So that reminds me of seeing the average instead so of seeing the bad. absolute <laughs> day-to-day. So let's say for example you're 150 pounds on Monday okay and you lost an average of you know like fluctuate up and down throughout the week and then on Monday you're 151 so you feel like you didn't lose any weight but yet you hit 147 here and there like 148 they look at it as like I didn't lose any weight I'm done well you got to look at the average so there's pros and cons to like weighing once a week as well I agree so where that's, yeah, that's where it can be tough. Like you see um, weight watchers, I think they weigh once a week or they do like a weigh-in okay, yeah. um, specifically, which there's good things about it. And I'm not knocking those those approaches. Um, but sometimes it can be hard because you don't know the in-between if you're only weighing once a week really or once true. every two weeks because you don't know the actual progression of what's going on. Yeah. Whereas, for example, you could, uh, let's say you're 150, and the next week, you weighed one forty 140, one forty eight, 148. So you're like, I lost two pounds. But the whole time in between, you could have been 152, 151. Mm-hmm. You could have been up as well, but you don't understand or know why. Yeah. And so you're missing, like, a lot of stuff in between that you can it's learn true. more about your body.
2: I think weighing daily initially can be, like, such an amazing tool. I know that has given me, like, more understanding than anything, even though it can be a big mental hurdle I think and would recommend like anybody weighing daily for the Mm. first like few months at least of dieting. Yeah just to understand way more rational
1: just only it helps understand more about you and you got to be self-aware and open to the idea that it's just you let it go it's just Mm. a number on the scale just learning that piece of it.
2: And it can make you feel a lot better too because you'll start to correlate like you know, I ate a lot later, or I had a lot of sodium this day, or my water intake was yes. really low or high, or my activity was low or high, or you know, my sleep was bad. Then you're much more rational when you look at that number. You start yes. realizing this has so many other things to do than just with like.
1: I'm know, not losing weight. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like, <laughs> it's a much clearer. Picture. You can't
1: put a stamp on it. So, to go back to as you're losing weight, you're always, and I say this hundred percent, always going to slow down with your weight loss at some point Mm -hmm. it's always going to slow down now if there's then that's where you dig into like the diet more and that's another topic but you have to just understand that your body is going to become more efficient and that eventually it's going to slow down Mm -hmm. so that rate of loss is going to change so just know and be accept that it's going to change so that's where the alternative pictures comes in measurements measurements, yes
2: even not that we're digging into reverse dieting but even reverse dieting when you're done with your diet and thinking past into what your maintenance will look like that can be a huge tool because you're you're kind of always going to maintain progress better than you think even if the scale is going up if you use measurements it's a good tool
1: yes so we will wrap up with this episode to end it leanne what is the biggest takeaway from the scale uh do not confuse
2: fat loss with weight loss that's mine that's way. huge
1: i think that's i agree yeah i agree Amen, sister. Whoops. Amen. So we'll wrap up here. Uh, thanks for watching, or thanks for listening, I should say. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we're go- we will have more episodes here. It's been a while since we had an episode of MacroHack Radio, and we will talk to you guys later. See ya.
0: Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us today on Macro Hack Radio. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and hit that subscribe button so that way you can be updated whenever we publish a new episode. We hope to see you next time here on Macro Hack Radio. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram on at The Flexible Dieting, at NAMS Cert, and at TNT Nutrition to see what we are up to on the daily. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Bye.